0: Denmark. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And on today's episode, we have the fortune of interviewing a uh, traveling couple who are actually in Colombia as well. Um, we're uh, uh, Our family is currently in Medellin, Colombia, which is the second biggest city. And our friends Trinity and Bonnie are actually down south, um, right near Bogota, about two hours uh, outside of Bogota. And uh, we're going to be interviewing Trinity and Bonnie about their travels. Uh, they've been traveling for a while. They actually have a blog called 43 Blue Doors. Uh, they're both 43 and they've opened up the world to blue skies and possibilities. So uh, we're going to be thinking about them and also about how they're able to sustain the travels. Uh, so uh, Trinity and Bunny uh, would love to get to go know you guys a little bit better if you want to do a quick introduction. Go ahead. Sure. My name is
1: Trinity. i uh, grew up in the Philippines, started working in the States when I was 27 and then after a few years I met Bonnie and then we we worked together, we started traveling and then this thing happened.
2: (laughs) And I'm Bonnie. Um, I grew up in the States but moved around quite a bit in the States. Um, We did meet at work as he said and worked together our entire career till we left and me
0: traveling awesome so I'd love to hear a little bit the origin story of uh, your leaving uh, the US and by the way my wife's actually from the Philippines so we have a little bit of a cool connection there <laughs> you know represent Philippines mabuhay mabuhay <laughs> yes, <we are. laughs> Uh so uh you know uh, you guys have left um you know uh the US to go traveling. Tell us a little bit about the origin of who, who came up with the idea? Was it Trinity, was it Bonnie, was it both you guys? And then uh how did how did one person convince the other to go traveling? And then tell us a little bit about the story.
2: Well, Trin brought up the idea first. Uh we had talked about retiring early, early in another country, because the cost of living is cheaper, and we thought, well, we'd better go see the country first, and then we thought, let's go see the whole world. When he first brought it up, though, and work was going well. I wasn't quite ready to leave everything. Yeah, I was enjoying it. And we talked about it for quite a while. And then it, time got closer, and we just realized work is kind of insane right now. We started selling off stuff that we probably should have gotten rid of long ago anyway. Then finally, one day, it just got to the point where, you know what, we're spending our entire lives working uh, every hour of every day. Let's just go. We looked at our finances, it was ready to go. And um, so we gave our notice at work.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of options that we looked at. We thought about getting a sabbatical if work allowed us, even a gap year, one or two years of traveling and go back to work. But then when we looked at our Financial situation. We even talked to uh, his name is Brett. By the way, Adam's financial. Hope to look us up if you want to. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we looked at. Uh, we we spoke to him. We said this is our plan, and we wanted him to tell us whether it was a crazy. good idea or were, were we crazy. And he actually said, yeah, I think it work So started about well, selling all our stuff, downsizing, and. We haven't looked back yet. No regrets.
0: Awesome. That's, uh, I love it. I love, it. I love the, uh, hearing the origin story there. Uh, in our case, it was actually me convincing my wife. Um, so uh, I actually had the idea of traveling, and then, uh, I wanted to do long-term. And my wife's like, you know, what about the two-week vacation? And then uh, eventually, I convinced her to actually uh, take a risk and uh, do it for a year. And if we like it, uh, you know, obviously we'll continue. And so far, we're actually loving it. Uh, It's really good for our family bonding, uh, you know, uh, good for our kids. (laughs) There's my daughter there. Uh, She just got some new lipsticks, so she has some (laughs) lipstick she's trying on there. (laughs) Uh, And uh, basically, uh, you know, it's really good for our family bonding, good for our kids, and they're learning a lot. So we're we're thinking of uh, continuing our journey as well. So it's uh, always good to hear other travelers and why they decided to leave comfort, safety, and security behind and then having no regrets. So... Uh, yeah, loving your story here. Uh, so you guys left the U.S. and then uh, tell us a little bit about the story. Uh, uh, tell us about which countries you've been to so far and your plans, your travel plans.
2: So, so we, so far Nicaragua, um, Costa Rica, Panama and then here and our plan is the rest of South America and when we're done with that we'll figure out which country's next. Now, I, I'm the planner. Um, I love to have a plan laid out, and originally we were going to have a 90-day plan as we go along, and we realize that's too restricting, so we do it as we go. We get to Medellin, we might stay two weeks. Um, we're only going to stay two weeks. We stay, what, the full 180 days? <laughs> so just uh, take each opportunity we can and and have fun.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, it seems like when we look far, too far ahead and we try to book stuff, we ended up canceling those bookings because we, we wanted to stay longer where we were. And so we just stopped uh, looking too far ahead and plan as we go.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. You know, um, when we first started traveling, we were a little bit more planned out. And then as we got more comfortable, you know, uh, living with uncertainty, uh, then we were able to basically... Uh, we have a little bit more spontaneous, and if we like a place, like, we would love, we love Medellin, uh, so we're staying here a bit longer than expected, trying out the different suburbs and integrating into the culture, meeting with other nomads who are living here, and expats, foreigners, travelers. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with the whole um, being unplanned and being spontaneous side of things. So, Trinity and uh, Bonnie, curious to know about um, your uh, blog. It's called 43... Blue Doors, and I had a chance to look at it before the interview. Uh, I know the story, the 43 ages and the Blue Doors, but uh, tell us about the story uh, from your perspective and uh, why did you launch a blog and what are you writing about on there?
1: All right, so we, the 43 was when we retired from work, we were both uh, age 43. Blue Doors is a little bit more of an internal joke. Um, It's part of our, you know, we we don't buy new cars, so we we drive. Clunkers. When we did this, when we, started, uh, when we announced at work that we were retiring, a lot of people said, how, how are you able to do this? And we said, well, I drive a beige car with a blue door, which is a way of saying that you know, we, we, we drive old cars, we don't drive, we, don't, we don't drive brand new cars. And so you save aggressively and things like that. So that's how we got to it. And so we figured, let's just call it 43 blue doors.
2: And we started the blog uh, primarily. Um, everyone at work says, "Oh, keep us updated on what you're doing. Our family wants to know we're still alive, having fun. So we basically started it for friends and family. but it's uh, and when we first started it, it was a little difficult, but we're having fun with it now. And I, I really enjoy just there'll be a good memoir for us later. But um, right now, we're just having fun with it.
1: That's true. Instead of buying souvenirs, we'll just have these stories to remind us of
0: what we did. And I'm uh, curious, obviously, about the whole financial side of things. So um, it is not normal uh, to retire at 43. Most people retire at 65 or 70. Now it's uh, getting older and older. So to retire at 43 is phenomenal. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the financial logistics of how you made that happen.
2: We were both raised, although we were raised in different countries, we were both raised by very uh, uh, frugal families. Uh, Neither one of us had a lot of money growing up, but we were taught to save. And with really good jobs, and we're not big spenders, so we saved aggressively. And started investing uh, real estate property. Um, You know, we bought some foreclosures and renovated them ourselves on weekends. One day, we looked at our financial situation and said, "Why are we still working?"
0: (laughs) So, so uh, like, how many properties are you owning? And uh, roughly, how does it work in terms of the? Because obviously, you have to pay a mortgage and stuff like that. So, uh, I know a lot of people who have investment properties that kind of like breaking even, but they're looking at it as kind of an asset for the future, but uh, I, I know uh, if you don't want, want want to go into a lot of the finances, you don't have to, but uh, uh, walk us through a little bit of the how you're able to be profitable just through the real estate alone.
2: Um, well, honestly, getting into real estate property and renting it out, I I highly suggest people not doing it with a mortgage. Uh, we pay cash for the houses. So we looked at it as a place to, you know, instead of buying a stock or a bond, we bought real estate. So that's our investment and the, you know, the equity bills in it. But then also we have the rental income, so it's a good ROI on the, on the return.
0: Okay, so that makes more sense than if there's no mortgage, attached just has to it, you know, cash. So then it's pretty much more or less uh, profitable. And then I guess, are you having property managers manage it for you back home?
2: Yeah definitely, we didn't want to have to always be on call (laughs) and you need somebody in place. Um, You know some of them are in North Carolina and in North Carolina you have to have an agent in the state. So it it just makes our life easier and you know somebody's there watching out for it.
0: Awesome and uh, as you are going you are actually doing house sitting and uh, you know uh, tell us a little bit about how that works, what sites are you using and how are you able to find the house sitting?
1: Yeah, it's it's a great uh... break from traveling, is what, how we consider house-sitting before we left the states we had the opportunity to house-sit for a couple of our friends actually house uh... house train a couple of puppies which was a great experience and so this one we found through mind my, my house that's the website and it's a great place um... that she built the owner she built it herself it has a really unique architecture it has a heated pool a jacuzzi and uh... Um, Three dogs, and they're so nice they're, they're wonderful dogs. So we, we consider it as a break from traveling, like I said, so it's also a means for, for saving. And since our travel is very slow, we, we just uh, you know just take a break from all the research and trying to see where we're going next, we just sit back and uh, sit, sit back. And then uh, this last couple of weeks, we actually updated our blog with a new theme. That, that kind of thing, we are really
0: able to do. And uh, how does it work with the house sitting? Um, are you able to uh, get them quite easily, or do you have to email like you know a lot of places? Uh, I, I'm actually considering doing that ourselves as a family uh, because our kids love dogs and cats, and uh, they want to take care of them. So, how does it work? I mean, um, uh, tell us about how many places you have to email, and uh, how do you get people to say yes?
2: Great. We actually haven't sent out a ton of email. Um, before we left the States, as he said, we, I think it was four different times, we house sat for friends to try to get, you know, the the reviews and stuff like that and kind of build it. Um, but since we've been on the road, we only look at it as a break from travel. So this is our first one since we left the United States that we've done. and. I think this is the only one
1: yeah In the yeah. website that we use, Mind My House, there's not. It, it, it's a huge uh, disproportion to the number of cities available and the number of house sits available. And I think part of how, how we got this was probably half or more percent luck because we were the first one who got, got in touch with her. The Leva, which is the town we are in, is very popular. Um, it was probably just. Uh, Well, mostly luck. And it happened that she did not have any others contact her yet. So but I know it's very competitive right now and there's more and more people like you who are going into it. And so it might be well, I wouldn't
2: try it, it can't hurt. Yeah, Yeah, it
0: can't hurt to try. Yeah, I interviewed uh, quite a lot of house sitters, at least uh, least 10 or 15 of them on the show so far. And a lot of people say that it's a little bit disproportionate in terms of the number of sitters is like this much and the number of houses is this much. So you have a lot of people applying for the same uh, houses. And then I guess they, they base it on Um, You know the uh, the speed of uh, answering so if people uh, post and then uh, whoever gets there quickest uh, Pretty much gets it because who has uh, who has time to go through and filter a whole bunch of different responses? So um, you definitely got lucky there. So congratulations on getting your first house sits. So uh, I'm curious to know also about the the marriage and the intercouple nature of your uh, travels because I I'm actually Indian uh, as you can probably guess and my wife as I mentioned earlier is a Filipino and uh, you know we're both in Canada but we are traveling as an Indian filipina and uh, I wanted to know how is it how is it for you guys to travel as a Filipino and American? Uh, have any, uh, you got any weird looks or do you any people asking you about that? So walk us through the intercultural part of your marriage?
1: Um, I think in terms of culture, the Philippines, a lot of people there are accustomed to the American culture. Um, Maybe in my case, I had lived in the United States for 15 years already. So if there were any cultural differences, we've ironed it out. Um, In terms of how people look at us, um, I think the, the traveling that we have done, we stick out, anyways. So it doesn't matter whether it's <laughs> interracial marriage or not. They probably look at us anyway. Um, so it hasn't been an issue, uh, really.
2: In some countries, they don't see many Asian. Like in Nicaragua, uh, they don't see many Asian people.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, like
2: from across the street, they chino, yeah, chino. They call me
1: chino, <laughs> and so I call them uh, tico or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I just call them that. back. <laughs> and they didn't know what
0: to do with it.
2: <laughs> and I don't think they meant anything bad by it. They yeah. just hadn't seen one before. <laughs>
0: Yeah, actually, my wife gets the same thing. Uh, we were in uh, Brazil, and then uh, they kept thinking she's Ecuadorian or indigenous. And uh, they were thinking that she looks kind of uh, Chinese, but she's not. And she looks kind of South American, but she's not. So they couldn't figure it out. And then finally, we said, uh, you know, she would say, Filipinas, Filipinas. And then they're like, ah, and then uh, Eureka, the light bulb is And they understood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm curious, um, you know, uh, what is your vision going forward? Uh, you know, you said you're a little bit unplanned, uh, and you you did say that you want to do South America, but uh, tell us about what uh, what is beyond South America. Are you going to do Asia, Africa, Australia? You know, walk us through the journey ahead.
1: Yes, to all of
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've definitely talked about an Asia tour, um, and, you know, number of places there. We definitely want to go, in Thailand and everything. Always wanted to go to Australia, so that's definitely on the list. We might do that one differently. Maybe we get a car there and do, you know, road trip. Um, but yeah, any the places I like to go is any place I haven't been.
0: Yeah, I think there's a saying, you know, I haven't been everywhere, but it's on my list.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I like it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so um, I'm curious to know what would you say to someone who is still thinking of doing something like you've done? I mean, uh, I turned 40 this year and I'm glad I I didn't fully retire, I'm still working. I'm working as a digital nomad uh, doing coaching, masterminding. We do have an investment property in the Philippines but uh, we're still working as we're traveling. I'm curious to know, uh, what would you tell someone who's maybe thinking of doing something like you? Either retiring and traveling or uh, becoming nomadic and traveling while working. Any tips or advice you would give to that person watching or listening right now?
2: I would say do it. What's the worst that can happen? You don't like it or it doesn't work, and you go back home and go back to work. But then you know that you gave it a try. Um, if you don't do it, then you know your whole life, oh, I should have done it. You know, And none of us know how long we're going to live. We don't know what our health is going to do. Um, uh, worst thing can happen, you just go back to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think it's also a frame of mind an attitude uh, uh, a unique view of life where you know you want to travel, so you, you, you know what you have to do to go towards that goal, and that is you have to save, you have to downsize, um, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. So, and like Bonnie said, do it.
2: And even someone who's not considered dream opportunity is going to come and then you're ready to do it.
0: Um, you know, on social media and on typically on websites, you'll see all the good stuff. Uh, I'm curious to know also about some of your struggles, um, you know, obviously in the marriage or in terms of uh, cultural differences, language differences, moving around. Uh, what are some of your major challenges that you guys uh, struggle with and uh, face as you're traveling nomadically?
2: Mine is learning Spanish. <laughs> He's doing a lot better at it than me. I'm still working on it, um, little by little. You know, I'm getting there, understanding more and more. But he's he's doing a lot better, and I want to be able to talk to the people. So so that's a struggle. Um, other than that, it's
1: yeah. I would say it, not 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 by way of real challenges. Very minor. A lot of information that you need to know. You can find online. We have. Been only on the road for 10 months, so maybe the challenges are still yet to come. But so far, there has not been any real
0: challenges yet. Whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely I can relate to you, you, uh, you yourself, uh, Bonnie, uh, as uh, not being able to communicate. Uh, my wife uh, is actually way better. I think it's because of the uh, the language, uh, Tagalog, is, is that right, Trinity, in terms of the foundation of Tagalog is similar?
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I have a leg up, definitely.
0: Yeah. So uh, you know, to end off here, uh, where can people connect with you? Maybe they have some questions, maybe they want to follow you along your journey, um, you know, uh, maybe they want to get some tips about how to uh, real estate invest or retire early or house it or travel nomadically. Uh, tell us about your website and your social media handles.
2: We do have an email address, which is the 43bluedoors at gmail.com. Um, you know, they can comment on our blog. Uh, but we also have a Facebook page, 43bluedoors. I am on Twitter, um, but usually Facebook, I think, is a much easier way to. So, you know, feel free to ask us any questions you want.
0: Awesome. Uh, so thanks again, uh, guys. And I know we're heading in the same direction uh, down to Ecuador, Peru. So who knows? Our paths might just cross somewhere on this travel road. Uh, so thanks again for your time. Thank All right, you. thanks. Uh, thank you, and uh, you know we'll definitely, hopefully, catch up with you soon on the travel trails. And thank you to everyone who's uh, watching and listening on iTunes or YouTube. I'll have those links below uh, to Forty Three Blue Doors on uh, our YouTube channel. You can click right through and uh, make sure you connect with our couple, a lovely couple, Trinity and Bonnie, on Facebook as well. And uh, make sure you ask them questions. You know, uh, one of the best ways to learn how to do something is ask those who've come before us. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you. How to make money, how to save money while traveling the world.